2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Murkison, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and we're back again for another episode of Player 2 has entered the podcast. Back up in the desk with the resurrection. <laughs> it's a little office space quote. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Do you remember Office Space? Yeah. Oh, man. That movie's a classic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it holds up, but I remember really liking it. I, I just really like the part where uh, the guy was like, I don't give a fuck about this. Man, you know what was not touched on in that movie that would be touched on today? What? The amount of motherfucking white privilege it takes to be like at your job and be like, hey, straight to your boss's faces. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a, I don't about you. <laughs> and then being like, wow, what initiative. Could you imagine right. trying some shit like that? They would have your ass, all your shit in a box before you finish the sentence. <laughs> right. That is. I'm sorry, you don't give a what? You got to go. Sorry, sir. Get your ass out of here right now. But no, like, my like family? it was a neat concept and it spoke to me at the time. But of course it did, because I live in the world where I could probably pull some shit off like that occasionally and, and not suffer the repercussions. Being married to a black woman, though, like highlights whenever I talk about some cheeky shit I do at work, my wife's jaw just drops like I could never. <laughs> and and it's true, man. Like I've I've watched her work in professional settings over the last 10 years and people give her a hard time and it mm-hmm. it boils my blood. And I know that she's not alone in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Vicky um, goes through the same thing. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But kudos to you, man. Working for yourself. Yeah. No longer working for the man. You ain't gonna put up with that yeah, bullshit. Yeah. That's right. Woo! Speaking of working for yourself, you know what I want to hear this week? Them sweet, sweet pickup deals. What you got going oh, on man. this week? I got some real, real, real cool stuff this week. So I went to a Goodwill. I found a couple of controllers for a little known system called the Philips CDI. I've never seen this system in person, but I saw these controllers and normally I'll see controllers like that and they'll be like the Microsoft PC controllers, Mm. but they said Philips on it. And I said, let me look this shit up. And I bought both of them and I've already sold them both total combined for $200. Wow. They must be rare as shit. Yeah. And like the console itself is like 500. I'm like, wow, this is, I was like, I was asking the employees like, do you have the console back there? The console back there. <laughs> and they were like, well, we ship all of our good stuff to shopgoodwill.com and people bid on it to like eBay. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks, Goodwill. <laughs> right. You suck. Goodwill, you suck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even though you yeah, really so, helped me out, actually, though. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then you add, here's, here's what I think about Goodwill. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here. My thing with it. Goodwill that pisses me off the most is mm. you get your shit for free. You pay your employees minimum wage. Mm. When I bring my stuff up to the counter, you have the gall to ask me to donate to round to the nearest dollar for education. (laughs) You should be doing that yourself. You you should be rounding every purchase yourself because you can afford it. You know what Mm. I mean? But that's neither here nor there. It's just one of it's just one of the things that peeves me off because they ask you every time and every time I'm like, no. Like, why do you think I'm up in this store? I'm trying to get a deal, you know? I'm over here pinching pennies. Pinching them. Exactly. How about or, they round <laughs> round was, the dollar and pay your employees more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, or in your case, I'm I'm trying to increase my profit margin. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Not giving four cents for education. What's four cents for education gonna do? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so uh yeah, I mean, you know, who knows where the money goes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, anyway, I went to disc replay and picked up some 
awesome inbox Game Boy Advance games. I got Advance Wars. That already sold. Mega Man Battle Network 4, Red Sun, mm. complete in box. Wow. Sold that. Uh, I got CIB. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, inbox, complete. Ooh, wow. Um, yeah. Those are great finds, man. I know, man. And the craziest thing is Disc Replay had them priced at like $30 each, like complete. And I was like, okay, well, that's okay. these are mines now. Yeah. <laughs> Take and uh, actually, I ran into slash met a picker. He picks for resellers, basically. He goes to Goodwill Outlet and he gets stuff and he already has people that he knows is going to buy it from him. Mm. And so uh, I told him, hey, you get any video game stuff, I'm your man. Don't be giving nobody else. I'm your man. And mm. so he uh, brought me a Game Boy Player disc mm. and a Nintendo 64. And now those are both up right now for sale. And the <laughs> Nintendo 64 is in my flea market booth at the Pellers Mall at 7803 East Washington Street. Hurry, because I've already been getting a lot of inquiries about it. If you want it, go get it. And that's pretty much it for pickups, man. I've been wanting to get a 64 for a while. I wish I would have bought them back when they were like still 40 bucks. Cause they man. They go for so I wish I would have bought them. Like, I used to see so many game systems at Disc Replay mm-hmm. all the time. And now, every time you go in there, there's barely anything. Sometimes nothing. Yeah, the 64 price, the Nintendo 64 price has stayed up, I think, just because the emulation for it is so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I can kind of cry no tears for, you know, Game Boy Advance games because they're so easy to emulate. Like, I can I perfectly emulate them on my phone. Uh, right. So I haven't collected them as hard. Although, one of the things that I had and it got lost, possibly stolen from me? I don't know. Like, I, no. I never want to, like, throw accusations around, but it just didn't survive a particular move. I had a mm. complete in-box Fantasy Star collection. Oh. And I don't know how much that goes for, but that thing was precious to me. It had Fantasy Star 2, 3, and four, I believe, or maybe mm-hmm. it was one, two, and three. It might have been one, two, and three, but really, my main thing was having two because that was like my first RPG that I ever beat. So having it on my Game right. Boy Advance was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it just didn't survive, you know, going from here to there, that type of thing. I, I took inventory. I think when I got here to the house I live at now, and I was like, "Where is it?" And it's just gone. So right. Well, yeah. you you'll be happy to know it's not crazy expensive. It's like forty to fifty dollars. Yeah. Okay. So I, again. Cool. It's not, it's not money I really want to drop on something that I can easily emulate nowadays. Right. But, uh, but you know, I had it, and now it's gone. Ooh. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, uh, a lot of stuff happening this week, you know, in, in, in the realm of pop culture. You had given me oh, yeah. a, few, a few newsy bits you wanted to go over. What's going on, man? Yeah, so, if you're into anime like me, and a little bit like Mike, The Devil is a Part-Timer is getting a season two after eight long years. And I know you haven't seen the show. You probably, I think I may have talked about it before, actually. Briefly. But, I remember yeah. you talking about it briefly, yeah. Yeah, so The Devil is a Part-Timer is a show about, it's like a reverse isekai. Isekai is when a person from our world gets transported to another world. Mm. Or in this show, the devil gets transported from a different world to our world, and then he ends up with a bunch of his subordinates, and he's working at a McDonald's. Mm. And he's just trying to be a better person and make a better image for himself, but People keep coming from the other world and trying to mess that up and keep bringing out his inner darkness and he Mm. has to keep fucking him up. It's really mostly a comedy, but it does action scenes really cool and it kind of just downplays when big shit happens. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 a good show. So I can't wait for season two. It says it's coming out this year and I believe the first season is on Netflix. 
And it might be something you like, Michael, because it's not too serious. It's really fun. And it's kind of like a slice of life thing, only with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> well, Working I, at McDonald's. So. I do like me some good Christian mythology. Like, I kind of get yeah. attracted to that for whatever reason. Maybe just because I'm so familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And your description is giving me One Punch Man vibes. And I love me some One Punch Man. Um, oh, yeah. And it sounds like almost like an allegory for being downtrodden or working class, right? Like you're right. always trying to be good and you're trying to raise up, but some shit goes down you can't control and then you just lose it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, baby. Yeah. Just lose it. Ooh. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. Satan's back. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I might check it out. Yeah. The devil is a part-timer. Who knew? Yeah. The first season is only 13 episodes, so it's not. Hey, that might be the next thing I have you watch. No, yeah. You yeah. Yeah, okay. that could be the next show. And you can watch three shows while I watch one. Right. Three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you on. It's like, I want you to watch Case Closed. It's got like right, thousands yeah. of episodes. I want you to watch One Piece in one weekend. Do it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, yeah. all my all my favorite animes are like berserk length. They're like 20-something episodes. Like, right. you know, Samurai Champloo or Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And... Short and sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. What, what else? What else we got going on this week? Okay, so there have been new images of certain character redesigns for Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. And chance, people are not happy. Now, Space Jam was my shit, but if you remember, a character by the name of Lola Bunny was completely over-sexualized. In that More like Lola movie. Fuck Bunny, you know what I'm saying? Right. Lola Fuck Me. But <laughs> Yeah, she was so over-sexualized. It was yeah, gross. and it was... Yeah, it was ridiculous. And as a kid, you're like, I don't really understand what's going on, but I kind of like it, I guess. And <laughs> well, see, now, again, age difference here. I was a little bit too old for Space Jam. And uh, yeah. I understand the love for it now because everybody that liked it when they were a kid, i.e. your age demographic, you guys were all kind of out there and you got your own YouTube shows and you're talking about it. So I can appreciate right. the love for the show, even if it just wasn't for me. But yeah, at the time when I saw it, I was just like, why are they drawing this bunny this way? <laughs> right. Yeah. In this kid's show. Yeah. And so Lola Bunny got a redesign and mm-hmm. she is not nearly as sexualized as she was before. And you say not nearly. Are, hold on, hold on, well, on. I don't think she I don't think she's sexualized now. I mean, she's still got like the wide hips. But other than that, like her, her boobs aren't. Okay. So hang, she's furry she's coded. Are, are you trying to say like she's coded female, but she's not overtly sexual? Is that what you're trying to say? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like she's got the oversized jersey and shorts on instead of like the thigh high. Okay. Like she doesn't look like a cheerleader. Basically, basically. right. Basically, vagina high shorts on. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and her appearance has changed, and furries are mad. Oh no, not the furries. Because they want to. Because they want to fuck that bunny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but play they Xenoblade can. Chronicles too. You know, get your right. Fix. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dak, I have thoughts on that game, but anyway. Oh man, did you did you pull her? Uh, not pull no. her. Uh, that, no, no, no right. I, I know what you mean. Uh, um, okay, because yeah. you have to you have to roll for you have to basically right. It's luck roll based, for your blades. Like, yeah. yeah. No. I didn't pull her. Um, okay. But Xenoblade videos have been coming across my timeline because I'm playing Xenoblade and my cell phone listens to me and then it tells right. YouTube what to show me. So you know how that goes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I pulled her or not because pretty much every female blade you pull is hypersexualized in that game. Like it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, we're, we're getting off topic. 
I don't yeah. understand the big backlash. It's like that's what Rule Thirty Four is for. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you if you want porn, it's on the internet. Go out and get it and calm down. Right. Like it's a kids show. If they want their kids show to not have hypersexualized characters, you should be for that because then it's you know young girls and young boys don't have that those signifiers they have to kind of work through you know what i mean right i already like the turn that media is taking i was having a conversation about this i think with my boss the other day i was talking to him because we were we were rapping about uh you know marvel and stuff Mm -hmm. and i was talking about my son is getting like really cool strong representation of enabled powerful female characters like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel and, and whatnot. And they're not over-sexualized, mm-hmm. you know, because of the way that they're directed. Like, there's framing. There's not really like a, a ton of male gaze in those movies because they have female directors. But right. um, And for those who don't know, male gaze is a feminist term. It just means, like, when you are filming a movie, how does the camera move across a female form? Does it leer over it like a man would? Like, if he's looking at right. her sexually? And a lot he's of, looking you at look, her like, damn. Once you know that the male gaze exists, when you go back and watch, like, a Michael Bay film, you're like, oh, gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're up her ass. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking about that. It actually is affecting how my son views these heroes. And then when he plays with his toys, he has his Wonder Woman and his little Captain Marvel. And, like, they're kicking just as much butt as the male heroes is. And he's having these, like, varied representations. Now, right. there still is a lot of sexualization out there. And I feel like he'll still struggle. Like, I'm waiting for the day where he's like, that's for girls. And we get to have that talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because... It affected me when I grew up. Like, I had terrible views on women when I was a young man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, all of my attitudes towards women, you know, what their purpose was and their autonomy, everything I got from, you know, the media I had growing up, and it kind of warped my mind. I felt like I was, you know, like a lot of young men, I felt like I had to have a girlfriend. No one else could be with her, and I had to, like, it was, like, a status thing. And if she broke up with me, it was humiliating, not because she was a person who was going her own way. Like, I had some warped ideas. And I I feel Mm -hmm. like I I owe a lot of that to media. So the fact that we're making changes like this makes me feel good about raising a kid in this world. I don't know. Yeah. And again, Rule 34. Dude, if you want to get your rocks off on on a bunny character, trust me, somebody out there right now, some disgruntled artist, is drawing her more sexual than she's ever been. So calm down. It's right, fine. and some porn stars are dressing up as these characters and doing it for you, so. There you go. <sighs> it's out there, and guess what? It doesn't have to be in the Space Jam movie for kids. Right. This is a good yeah. thing, guys. Calm down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. The furries will have their way. <laughs> <laughs> we will rise up. <laughs> Speaking of kick-ass ladies, I'm not part of though, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of kick-ass ladies, though, the season finale of WandaVision happened this oh, week. Oh, my God. Like, I, I don't want to, like, Ooh. go with a fine-tooth comb over every single beat of the episode. We can talk about it in broad strokes. We're still going to mm-hmm. do spoilers, so check in the description if you don't want to be spoiled for episode nine or the season as a whole, to be honest. But yeah. uh, w- overall, what did you think about the uh, the last episode? I thought it was great. Like, it wasn't... It didn't do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did just enough. It wrapped uh-huh. it up very nicely for Wanda and also gave us a little tease of what's to come in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And yeah, like it was it was dope. But my only thing is like we knew that it was going to be a boss to the wall action all the way through, but yeah. it just kind of got tiring after a while. It's like, That's like fair. somebody that I'm going to mention later 
said a bunch of lasers just flying everywhere for <laughs> the majority <laughs> of the episode. Yeah. And like the vision on vision stuff was super dope. Like I really enjoyed that. And then Double like it, vision. Right. <laughs> and then to a lesser extent, the Agatha versus Wanda stuff didn't really get interesting until like the end of the fight. Yeah, when she was me. putting up those runes. Yeah, that was dope. I was like, she put up the runes. She put up those runes. Yeah, that was badass. <laughs> that she just learned about like yeah. two seconds ago. But you yeah, know, she's whatever. a quick learner. Yeah. But yeah, it was great, man. I loved it. I, yeah, I no, no um real complaints. A lot of stuff I was hoping would happen didn't happen, but it, it actually made for, I think, like you said, a better close to the show. So Vision mm-hmm. didn't get to stick around. He did fight the other Vision, but they didn't merge. But what I liked was, because you're right, the the, the fights, because you had Agatha versus Scarlet Witch. You had Rambo being held down by Ralph Boner. <laughs> right. <laughs> AKA Evan Pierce, <laughs> which, AKA Quicksilver. Which, which is like, it just shows that Marvel is not above using our want for Quicksilver or any character in a show. Yeah. For a dick joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just like, here's a dick joke. She Remember like, when he showed is... up at the door? Yeah. <laughs> that was all for this. <laughs> yeah. His name your name is Ralph Boner. Boner. <laughs> Boner. I thought it was weird that she got the drop on him. I mean, again, he's not the Quicksilver from Fox, like we thought. So cause that dude's right. so quick, there's no way she could have done that. Right. Um, and obviously his powers were augmented or given to him by that necklace that Agatha was using to control him. Right. But I was a little surprised she got the drop on him the way that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, yeah, she was able to use her powers like, you know, of sensing energy to see where his was coming from and, and remove that from him. And I love right. that his name was Ralph because that's basically her husband she was referencing throughout the whole entire season. Exactly. Yeah. And he but even yeah. called her his old lady. In that in this episode, right, right, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I got off on a tangent there, but yeah, yeah, Monica and Ralph, you had Vision, du- double Vision, and then you had <laughs> Agatha and Wanda, and it, I got Man of Steel vibes because there was just powerful people flinging each other around. But what I what I really liked, I thought it was so clever about the end of the Vision fight was Vision was able to stop, and they went over that Theseus word problem or that thought experiment. Uh-huh. You know, yep. like, if you replace every plank of the ship, is it still the original ship? And I was like, that's dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like uh, we're going to be talking to AD and GP later on the day, and I feel like AD as a as a school teacher probably really was into that, I bet. Right, so, yeah. But he was able to basically calm Bad Vision down enough to implant memories in his head and implant some doubt, and then he just fucks off. Like, I gotta go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Exit stage yeah, yeah. left. But, yo, when Evil Vision first got in contact with Wanda and, like, held her face and started to crush yeah. her skull, I was like, no! <laughs> I was like, this is... It was kind of funny looking, because he was, like, squeezing her cheeks in. Yeah, <laughs> so I remember no, I was like, like, when your kid walks up on you and they just put you put their hands on your cheeks. Yeah, like, crush like, your mouth. <laughs> but, no, it, it got less funny once I started to hear, like, bones start to crack. I was like, please right. stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, jeez. What I really liked about it was... Agatha's whole thing is that she absorbs witch's powers. So she's wanting to absorb Wanda's powers and Wanda figures out, you know, that she's already in that hex. And then so she starts finding her in the air and they made a big point to show Agatha kind of being incredulous at the fact that Wanda was missing like every other shot and hitting the side of the hex. She's like, Mm -hmm. you suck. (laughs) But what she was doing is she was literally placing runes all around the hex, just like in Agatha's basement, to prevent Agatha from using her powers. So when it looked like she lost and she was pretty much absorbed, 
Agatha tries to give her a killing blow and then can't do it. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I thought for sure they were going to go the route of, oh, the chaos magic is going to be too much for Agatha to handle and she's going to yeah. implode. Yeah. But nope. They went a different way. They said, psych, motherfucker. Yeah, no, just more that Wanda has a lot bigger tap than she let on. She had a lot more power to to give. So the moment, you know, where Agatha, like, released everybody from mind control and they were coming after Wanda, that was really cool. And I thought Mm -hmm. it was a really interesting allegory for grief because grief doesn't just affect you, especially when it gets toxic. It can hurt everyone around you depending on the mm-hmm. type of behavior that you exhibit. And to see that played out, you know, quite literally was interesting. Yeah. And I like the fact that she had to give up her family at the end and she was able to say goodbye to her children. They were constructed and I feel like they are going to return. And I feel like Vision's going to return too. But we'll talk about, you know, some more clues to that here in a bit. But the the ending where he got to say goodbye to her and she got to explain, you know, what he really was and how mm-hmm. he's like, you know, this and that and the other. Mostly he's her love. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, Vicky so. was fucking bawling. Oh, it was sad. I was over there like yeah. sniffling too, man. Like mm-hmm. it was it was really sad. I have fallen so much in love with Wanda and the vision over the course of the show. I even went back and watched, much to my chagrin, because I stayed up way too late. I stayed up to like four in the morning watching Infinity War. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted more and to see those scenes with them, you know, where they're like, you know, alone in Scotland and the scene at the end where they're he's like, you know, hey, it's time. You got to you got to take me. Right. Out. It had so much more emotional weight had such an emotional gut punch. Like, yeah, it really kind of added to that movie because that was actually the first time that they were an item. You see them that together. Movie. Yeah. There were hints of it in Civil War, of course, but it wasn't really right. near as tender and touching as like some of the moments they showed in this tv show so i'm huge fan of wandavision now like both of those characters i'm here for them i love them Mm -hmm. i want to see them succeed we got some cool post-credit scenes too you know although can we stop and talk about how dr darcy had her moment where hayward was trying to escape this fucking asshole after he like Uh tries to shoot children (laughs) she like bashes into him with that truck and she's like enjoy jail (laughs) right and so I was talking to Vicky about this, and maybe you can point me in the right direction, but I was like, what did he actually do that warrants him getting arrested and going to jail? First of all, he was actually trying, and I, I don't think that this is actually in accordance with what S.W.O.R.D. is supposed to do. He okay. was trying to create a sentient weapon that he could use, and then he was willing to murder people to cover it up. Okay, like, so he was doing this without permission, basically. Yeah, well, well he was he had gone a bit rogue as far as like his agencies. It was overreach. You know what I mean? Okay. Like he, yeah. he illegally detained FBI agents. He straight up tried to murder those children, you know, and did not know. Well, they're not real. But he, he didn't know that for sure. Eh, uh, he may have. I mean, and then he kept shooting when when uh, yeah. Monica got in front of him. <laughs> He's like, well, black woman, <laughs> fire more shots. Get right? out of here. I know. <laughs> And uh, that was so dope, though, when she turned into pure energy to, like, block the bullets. Yeah. It almost seems like it's – she doesn't really have a handle on her power. It seems like it's more reactive. Like, it just kind of yeah. activates in fight or flight, you know? She's going to be extremely versatile. I know that. Yeah, it's going to be cool. So, But we get a post credit scene with her, and this woman's like, hey, they need you in the theater. And they go into this empty theater, and I'm like, oh, no, what's going on? And the woman, the FBI agent that called her over, turns into a scrawl, and I was like, ah! Yay. And she's like, our friend wants you. Uh, I heard you were grounded. Our friend wants you up, up, up topside. And basically, I think it's Nick Fury summoning her. Oh, yeah. It's, like it's definitely scroll. Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, do you think I don't think she's going to show up at all in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But do you think that she might make an appearance or there, we might get more of her story in Loki? 
Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. There may be an episode or two where they like kind of cross over because Loki's going to be like time hopping to prevent certain things from happening mm-hmm. or from people messing with the timeline. So mm-hmm. it is possible. But honestly, I think they're going to save that for either a series or Captain Maybe Marvel. Maybe Captain 2. Marvel 2. Yeah. Yeah. In the very last credit scene after Wanda kind of leaves, she ends up at this cabin in the middle of like beautiful mountain ranges. Somebody I saw online and speculated it might be Sokovia, like what was left, like that big lake mm-hmm. could be where the city dropped. I don't know if that's actually true, but she's yeah, in some kind of like lot. Scandinavian looking place. It's very beautiful. She's by herself. She's like making tea. And then it shoots to further back in her house. And you see that she's actually astral projecting and the real her is doing some Doctor Strange shit. She's like reading mm-hmm. the dark hold, which is not great. Yeah. Which, which I fucking called it. I was like, as soon as I saw that book. Like yeah. uh, the first time we saw it, I was like, "That's a dark hole. That's a dark yeah. hole." Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Leon- like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme. <laughs> He's pointing at the TV. It's like, <laughs> it's like that's a dark hole. I know what that is. But and I know that that's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know that from watching Agents of Shield, and it's mm-hmm. re- it's apparent that this is a completely different mm-hmm. dark hole, and that they're basically writing Agents of Shield out of the. Uh, well, we all knew Agents yeah. of Shield wasn't canon, you know. That's been well. Known. I mean, it kind of was, and it kind of wasn't. Like they would always reference events it's in, in the, the movie, but the movies would never. I feel like the Netflix shows and Agents of Shield are, and maybe any other Marvel properties that aren't in the MCU. So, like Venom or the old Spider Man's. That's all. That's all multiverse now. Yeah. So they're canon in, in the aspect that that anything's possible in the multiverse, but I don't think they're MCU canon. If that makes sense. Right. But yeah, but yeah no, she's it, reading that dark hole, baby. Woo. For those who don't know, the dark hold is a like there's an there's an eldritch elder god, kind of like Cthulhu. His name is Cthon, and when he was defeated, he poured all of his evil and all of his malice and hate into this book. This book is like the One Ring of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It corrupts. It is bad. So the fact that she's like just all up in that book, so deep, girl reading mm-hmm. into it you know what i mean and then she hears her son's voice like mom and then closes the book and that's the end of the scene i'm like oh my god what's gonna happen so i'm hoping yep. it doesn't corrupt her but i'm thinking that there it may will. be a bit of uh, yeah i was gonna say there may be a bit of scarlet witch versus dr strange in that movie we'll see Which how we goes. already got confirmation that she's stronger than the sorcerer supreme so yeah agatha kind of confirmed he's gonna have episode. some problems yeah <laughs> She's definitely kind of upped in power now that she's she's starting to grasp her whole Scarlet Witch roots and she's starting to research like how to do these spells. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not just uh she's not jazzing it, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And what I what I love most about the show is that it didn't do the absolute most as far as reveals and Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a big bad behind it all. And it's they like, could no, have done just, that and it would have been popular could've. and fun, but they, they did a lot of subversion and tricks and misleading and, and again, they were able to like you said, when not doing the most, they were able to add more weight to the decisions made and give more of an emotional punch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, tell a more every, human story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I loved it. I loved it from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I was a little, like I said, the episode was a little sad and depressing at the end. But there's there's hope for, you know, how it could turn out later on. And now I'm like hooked. I'm like, oh, my God, give me more, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. And the beautiful, the beautiful thing is WandaVision can never be tainted by a bad second season because that's yeah. it. That's WandaVision. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I, I love it. I can't wait for Falcon and the Winter Soldier now. I already yeah. couldn't wait, but I think it's going to be dope. We yeah. get Baron Zemo with a full on purple mask and everything. It's, it's going to be cool. I can't yeah. wait. No, I'm excited. I, I I mean, the amount of 
care and effort and love and talent that went into this show, if they put, I don't know, a quarter of that into this next show, it's going to be great. So, but I, yeah. I think they're going to go all the way. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Well, one thing that I found this week and kind of shared with you, and it's something we're going to talk about with the guys later on on their show, but I thought we would talk about it for a bit. Quantic Foundry is doing kind of some research work into the psychology of gamers versus like depending on what you play games for what your gamer type is and Mm -hmm. i think the cynical side of me sees this as a way for them to milk big data so they can sell it to gamer companies to advertise to gamers more targeted But the kind of optimistic side of me sees this as a way to learn more about yourself and your preferences so you can better select the games that you want to buy. Right. So you can go and I'll put a link in the description for those who are interested, but you can go to Quantic Foundry and you can basically take this personality test, but specifically for gaming and get your gamer profile. You can add in games that you really love into your gamer profile and get video game recommendations. But I wanted to share like what our profiles were and, and how we how accurate we feel they actually turned out to be. For your Quantic Gamer type, what did you end up getting? I got the Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter? High Octane Solo World Explorationist. Interesting. Yeah. So did you get, like, I got two types. I was I was split. Did you, Are you just 100% Bounty Hunter? Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. All right, well, yeah, read, it's not, read it, it off to me. Give me the description here. Okay, bounty hunters are solo, action-oriented explorers who want game worlds that they can make their own through customization and discovery. They also enjoy power progression and unleashing mayhem. Wow. Is that yeah. you? Yeah, that's me. Not yeah. so much the uh, customization. This yeah. Yeah, that, this you. Is this your king? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is me. It is I. But yeah, I'd say that uh, accurately describes me. I'm very, very solo-oriented. Like, I just want to play my game. Mm-hmm. My single-player game by myself learn these characters learn this story learn this world and then move on to the next thing and then just have it in have it inside me for the rest of my life awesome cool <laughs> cool have you tried the video game recommendation thing yet uh no i don't think so no hop back and try that sometime i was looking at it it was actually really spot on it okay. was recommending persona 5 strikers to me right borderlands sleeping dogs yakuza legend of zelda dead island all, all stuff that i actually already like so I've been adding mm-hmm. in stuff that I've already played, and, and it keeps recommending more and more stuff. So I feel like if I find myself kind of at odds with what I want to try to play, I can just go and go, hey, what does it recommend? <laughs> so, right. All right. Well, my Don't. quantic gamer type is gardener slash gladiator, which I've been sending gifts to you and the guys this week. It just it, in my head, I imagine Thanos in the garden after he did the snap. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. But, the gamer type mottos, gardener is quiet, relaxing task completion, and gladiator is dedicated hardcore gaming. The primary dominant player type is gardener, and then I secondarily lean towards gladiator. Gardeners are looking for quiet, relaxing task completion. They enjoy accessible gameplay that focuses on completing levels, quests, collecting stars and trophies, and collecting collectibles. Mm -hmm. Um, gladiators are competitive gamers who are more likely to identify as hardcore and they want games to engage them using a broad spectrum of features they are looking for an epic skill-based experience in the games they play and uh, i think that's me to a t to be honest yeah i mean Mm -hmm. there's a bit of bias you can apply to you know any kind of horoscopy type of thing or profile type of thing 
But right. I mean, I tried to answer this personality test as honestly as I could, even when they asked me about certain aspects that I wish I liked more or things I'm ashamed of liking. Like, there's not a huge stigma attached to trophy hunting, but, mm-hmm. you know, some people go, oh, you go for the trophies. But the thing is, I do. <laughs> like, you know right. me. I'm like, I platted it because I, I love the little ding. And I, you know, if I like a game a whole lot, it extends the gameplay for me after I finish the game, if I go after the platinum. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like the collecting the collectibles or doing all the side quests and stuff in games I enjoy. And I also like a little bit of challenge. You know, we're going to talk about Persona 5 Strikers later on, but there are a lot of oh, games yeah. that I'll up difficulty on. You know, I played Ghost of Tsushima on the hardest difficulty, doing the same thing for Persona 5. I don't torture myself with it. You know, I'm not like a Soulsborne type guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like I still haven't mm-hmm. figured out a way to get my mind to work with those games correctly. Maybe one day I'll click with them. But I do enjoy a little bit of challenge, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, this actually really kind of rounded me out. So I thought that was interesting that it was so accurate. Yeah, that's dope. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Well, speaking of games and why we love them and what we're playing, what are we playing this week? We're playing Persona 5 Strikers, man. Never saw it coming. So you know what you know what you know what I love about this game? You can set the audio, the music to random to play music from Persona 5, Persona 5 Royal, or Persona 5 Strikers. I know, it's cool, in, right? In battles. Yes, it's so cool. So I'm always getting like one of the different battle themes. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, man, I love it. I'm twelve hours in. I'm about to face the second jail master. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good so far, man. They keep adding in stuff to make it more interesting. Like it's so far and beyond what a Warriors game is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm just honestly blown away that Koei Tecmo, W O Mega Force could even pull this off. It's as if Atlas made this game themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's they, how it feels. It's Omega Force is such an enigma to me because when it comes to their own properties, like Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors, especially late and lately, like, I mean, we're talking about Dynasty Warriors 9, how bad that was. They're so mm-hmm. terrible with their own properties. But when someone gives them something to work on that's not theirs, they take such great care into making it awesome, especially if it's like Nintendo adjacent. I mean, obviously right. Atlas isn't it, but it's on the Switch platform. But then you have like Fire Emblem Warriors and Hyrule Warriors, and they're amazing. Age of Calamity right. was awesome. And it's just a shame they can't put that same and love and care and attention into their own games that they put into these uh, these other franchises that they get to work on. I guess they're like, hey, they're paying us a lot of money. It, it, I, you know what I think it is? I think it's oversight. I think yeah. it's these other properties going, hey, don't F this up. We have a brand. Exactly. And, and without any oversight, they just get kind of lazy. Like they, this might be the type of person that can put up really good work but they need pressure they need a deadline i don't know (laughs) right (laughs) who knows what it is i streamed three episodes this past week i started on monday night brawlers because technically it is a warriors game even though i mean come on no it isn't (laughs) right it's not and um, it's officially not (laughs) i kind of launched into the uh the mainstream and did two episodes and I am, as far as in the game, I am right about to face the master of the first jail. Okay. So I've like gotten through all the hurdles, and I'm going in to do basically the distraction play. That's what they're yeah. framing it as. Mm-hmm. And now that I've had a chance to kind of really open up the game and learn like the mechanics and like how the different characters play, I've gotten a lot more familiar with it. I'm playing on hard, not because... I'm trying to prove anything, but I found it normal to be too easy. Like the battles would be over too soon and I wasn't having any fun. Like if I ambushed, 
the first all-out attack would pretty much kill everybody in the group. Right. But on hard, if I make a mistake, I suffer for it, so I'm a little bit more careful. And even mm-hmm. after the first all-out attack, the battle lasts a little longer, and I have to actually put forth an effort, which I find engages me more. So, yeah. yeah. In fact, I got <laughs> I got my ass kicked a little bit on Tuesday because <laughs> I mm-hmm. got ambushed one too many times where they hit me first, and uh... it forced me to learn how to use items in battle and what the retry system is like, and I had to make some adjustments. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and... uh sp management which i did save up and i got the uh i only have level one but i'm almost about to get level two the boost that it's really expensive it costs like 15 points yeah it's the boost that gives you hp and sp recovery after every battle so yeah i'm about to get a level three of that okay good it's very helpful yeah extremely Mm -hmm. helpful hey i got a guest down here what's up buddy you turn into a lot of things do you want to fix it I mean, I got back. Okay. See if that worked. Good luck, buddy. He's playing Goat Simulator right now. Sometimes he can oh, yeah. the menus. I actually, oh. I can't see the screen because it's upstairs, but he handed me the PlayStation controller and I just kind of pressed pause and hit reset because I know how to do it without looking at it because <laughs> I've done it so many right. times for him. <laughs> Hopefully I did mm-hmm. it right. It depends on what menu he was on, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Having a great time with it. Looking forward to continuing the Persona 5 sequel that we never knew we deserved, but the one that we needed. Right, exactly. We'll, uh, we'll continue to talk about it as things progress. Any new mechanics or anything that you got at the end of the second jail that you find noteworthy? Oh yeah, you eventually get the ability to go back to previous jails. Okay. Which in the original Persona 5, the j- the palaces would dissipate, so you could never go back to them. So I was wondering how they were going to play that. That's good to know, because there's this chest in the first jail that I can't get to. The one that was like covered by lasers that go all the way up to the sky. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yep. I'm like, I don't know how to get, the- I don't know how to get that thing. And it really bugged me. So it's good mm-hmm. to know I can go back and get it later. Yep. And then they start uh, giving you uh, requests, like side quests. Mm-hmm. Like how you would do when you went to Mementos, the Fresh Maker. The Shadow Maker. <laughs> shadows but yeah, come uh, at your life. Shadows try to take it. Shadows, da, da, da. I don't know. <laughs> try to take your desires, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets to you. Metaverse is so cool. And also, uh, I love story-wise how the uh, the fan of thieves are genuinely like learning about these jails as they go along because they're not exactly like the palaces. They have different things that they have to work mm. around. They have to. Mm work around how they're doing their calling cards because they can't just throw something up on a screen and be like, Oh, Hey, we're coming to get your treasure. <laughs> they gotta be, they gotta be a little sneakier about it. And I also really like the pub sec guys, Zanichi. I don't Is like him. You don't but like him. I, well, the only reason why the only interaction I had with him was when we first come back from the jail after getting all the roadblocks out of the way that we run to that drunk guy. And then uh-huh. he comes up and he's like, I'm your knight in shining armor. And I'm like, I was immediately like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he grows. He grows. He grew on me anyway. OK, he was so smug. And then he was in the bar, like saying stupid shit, like the sly cat hides his claws. I'm like, this guy is such an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe he's written really poorly in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe he's just awkward. But we're, everybody, yeah, he's everybody awkward. in the group was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah, they keep calling him Gramps, <laughs> and he's only like thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's so Japanese. <laughs> yeah, and we're and we're getting our little uh, summer road trip that was teased at the end of Persona Five. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty cool. I yeah, really well, like it. 
what I really like so far, what I've unlocked is the more battles you do with a particular character, the more there's like four different main abilities you can unlock. Uh-huh. You know, like flourishes at the end of combos or passive abilities. Like, for instance, there's a passive ability Ry- Ryuji has because a lot of his attacks are charge-based. They get more and more powerful as he charges them up. It'll actually decrease his charge time to get to the max charge. Uh-huh. Or, you know, on, she'll add a flourish where she'll do like a plume of fire at the end of a combo if you press the strong attack button a second time. Yeah. You know, and I love that. I love that. My own my oh, only right. issue with that system is it doesn't tell you how to unlock these. They just kind of unlock as you play as the character. Well, I'll, I'll tell you then. It, it's oh, literally okay. you just have to keep playing as them. That's literally all it is. Yeah. Okay. Like there's a That's little bar that slowly goes up as you enter and exit battles with them, but you literally just have to be controlling them during a battle to get points towards that system. Okay. And it doesn't take all long. Right. You could technically kind of grind it out like in about an hour of going in and out of a jail and just kind of sweeping a couple of maps, you could get one character done if you want. Yeah, I've already got Joker done. Okay. And Yusuke has my favorite one so far where yes. Goyamon casts Sukukaja or one of those yeah. things and Sukuk- it increases yeah. your uh, critical invasion. invasion. Yeah, yep. that's so dope. Yeah, this no, his, so cool. his counter mechanic is really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters to play as, actually, so I'm glad you're getting on with him, too. Yeah, he busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Ryuji is a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Like, his attack and defense is so high. And uh, he's really good in that first dungeon just because of his, you know, his thunder powers. There's a lot of enemies that are weak to thunder in the first. Like, the first dungeon I find is interesting because the optimal team is kind of the first team that you would have in the original Persona 5. Right. The optimal team is basically Joker, Morgana, Ryuji, and On. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. And they force you to continuously switch out your characters which is cool so you're not just playing as one character the whole time because they don't do you mean force or do you mean encourage because i haven't been forced so far well yeah encourage like let's say i've got joker at level 25 but haru is sitting over here at level 18 i was like well Mm -hmm. i need to switch her in so i can get her (laughs) leveled up in case there's a situation where i have to absolutely use her yeah. So yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I was gonna say they do a really good job of encouraging you to switch to different characters because of the baton pass mechanic. So uh-huh. if you're constantly switching between characters during battle, and again, if you're on hard, they're gonna last a little longer, so this makes more sense. Or, or if you're like fighting a mini boss, because some of the bosses are pretty tough. Like McCoy comes to mind; he was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you temporarily increase attack and defense, and also increase the rate at which a showtime will, which is this game's version of of Muso attack the, the mm-hmm. rate at which that charges. So it's really smart to kind of switch between characters, you know, like every 30 seconds or so. And a lot of times other characters will suggest attacks that you can just press a button and automatically yeah. switch them. Like maybe you're finding as Joker and Morgana go, hey, what about this? And he's pointing to like one of the, the candies that you can drop on the enemy. So it's like a contextual yeah. attack. And then you'll switch to him and execute it. Another character might be like, hey, I want to use Tarunda. And you're like, yeah, sure. And you switch to them and use it. So, And I love the fact that they incorporate the elemental attacks and the buffs into the combo strings. So you yes. don't have to waste SP to use oh them. That's God. so dope. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, this this game is just getting better and better. And I'm super excited to, uh, to, you know, to see more of it. We'll definitely be doing a spoiler cast yeah. for that this year. So. As you can tell, we could talk about this all day long. Yeah, but let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to rattle off the other games that I've been playing. I played Maquette 
was that puzzle game for that okay. just came out for PS5 for free this month. It's cool. It's got like a really large version of the world that you interact with. And then in the middle of the map, there's a smaller version of it. And you can move items inside and outside of that map to make them bigger or smaller to solve puzzles. The opening starts with like this kind of song and you're like going through and getting introduced to the world. It feels like it's directed by Wes Anderson almost. Mm. (laughs) Like It's a very hipster type game. I was like, is this the Grand Budapest Hotel? Right. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's cool. It's relaxing and chill and I dig it. It's not exactly taking advantage of the full power of the PS5. So it's not a must have. But it's free, and honestly, I can think of worse ways to spend a Saturday afternoon. So, just saying. Right. I keep having um, fucking dreams that I'm finding a PS5 at a flea market, and the guy's like, oh, I can't sell it for nine days because of Indiana law. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> That's a weird dream to have. It's a very weird dream. <laughs> Poor Derek. I know, I need it. Do you want one so bad that if I was able to get my hands on one and buy it, you would buy it from me? Oh, yeah. Okay, because I get notifications about them going up for sale all the time. Yeah, every time I click those links, yeah, they're gone. Well, I tell you what, moving forward, I will uh, make an attempt to buy them whenever they come up, and I will notify you if I actually lay claim to one, so you can reimburse me. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Sounds good. I got the hookup on the lookout. So for Friday Night Frights, I played Resident Evil Four. It's about time. Right. It's a classic. And I had a really good time. Usually I do like an hour for Friday Night Frights, but I ended up playing it for three hours. And I'd like to go through the whole story, but it's a pretty lengthy game. I mean, unless you're doing a speed run, this is my first run through, so nothing's upgraded. It's a beefy boy. Yeah. Uh, so I got all the way up through the El Gigante fight. I basically got Ashley, and then we dove through that window in the church, and that was the end of that chapter. That's where I finished. Oh, okay. So a decent amount of the way through. I'm having a ton of fun with it, though, so... I'm probably going to continue that for the next few Fridays if, the, if folks are interested in, in hanging out with me for a bit. I played Smash Brothers Ultimate, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in gaming news because it's related to the DLC that just dropped. Ooh. And also, in honor of the fact that the HD re-release is happening this year, I started a Pokemon Diamond Nuzlocke. Oh. Yeah. So I figured I would share my progress on the Nuzlocke on the show in the coming weeks. That way people can kind of get an idea of where I'm at. So I picked Chimchar as my starter, and I named him Goku, because of course I did. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I caught a few other Pokemon. You know, my rules are I can only catch one Pokemon per new area, and I have to nickname them. And if they get KO'd in battle, I have to release them. They're gone for good. Okay. Luckily, no KOs this week. I did have one miss. I was in Route 203, and an Abra showed up, and I knew it was going to teleport away. So I hail married a Pokemon and, or Pokemon. <laughs> so I threw I threw a Rotata at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, take that. No, I hail married a Pokeball, and <laughs> and he broke out of the Pokeball and teleported away like an asshole. So thanks, oh, Abra. Um, I got to the first gym, which is an Orberg, and it's a rock gym, kind of classic. Yeah. And I caught a little Badoo named Buddy. <laughs> and me and buddy went in there and sucked the life out of all those rocks we absorbed their essence mm. and then Kranidos came and then we used mega train on a paralyzed Kranidos. he stood no chance and i was pretty <laughs> evenly matched in levels but i ended up getting three levels in the gym alone so i'm trying nice. to i'm looking ahead at what the levels are for the gym and trying to make sure that i don't power level past those levels so it's still kind of tense 
because mm-hmm. i mean you could easily just use your starter in the early pokemon games and you do all battles with them and probably sweep the game but that's not in the spirit of a nuzlocke so right um, i also caught myself a sweet shellos and i named her guella deville <laughs> i'm very proud of that nickname so i want to share it and then i have i have two geo dudes bimmy and jimmy they're uh double dragons <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so yeah it's okay to catch the same actually i prefer not to but if another pokemon comes up that you've already caught but it's a different route and that's your first pokemon you gotta catch it or at least try mm. so got a couple of doubles got a couple of badoofs one of them is going to be my hm guy so right. Which is one of the improvements in Pokemon I really appreciate. The fact that you don't have to have HMs tied to, to take up a Pokemon's moveset. That really sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do I have to teach my Pidgeot fly? It's a bird. It's a bird, yo. <laughs> it's yeah, a the, bird. The way that they did it in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee was perfect. Yeah. They're just extra abilities that Pikachu or Eevee can use. Whatever. It's fine. I love that. Nice. So. So yeah, I'll uh, update folks as that progresses in the coming weeks. But let's get on to gaming news. Right. Got a lot of little 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 newsy bits. Newsy bits, quick blitz. No, we're not doing that this week. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so I said so I, I I made the joke that uh I was gonna keep calling it quick shits and then I was gonna turn it into like a trashy radio show. It's like <laughs> you're getting <laughs> you're here with the shits. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's in the morning. <laughs> right. Doing a bunch of dub shit, but you know. With Mercaroni and, and Cheese. <laughs> That's a little callback. Mercaroni and the Cheese. Oh, man. The Cheester. Weedy, weedy, weedy in the butt. <laughs> weedy in the butt. All right. So, what we got for All gaming right. news this week? Okay. So, you know, I love the Tales of series Tales mm-hmm. of Zillia, Tales of Zillia 2, Tales of Symphonia, so on and so forth. Sure. We finally, after a year, got a new trailer for Tales of Arise. Mm. Which should have been coming out last year, but you know, Covoid. So yeah, uh, we got a new trailer. It got some more story bits in there. The main character is a slave, and he's trying to liberate his country from mm. the opposing forces. And then he's got the magic girl who he pulls the sword out of, of course, and he needs her power to <laughs> to activate the sword, a la Xenoblade Chronicles, a la every other fucking game with a sword that comes out of girl. <laughs> mm. And mm. So it's looking really cool. It's looking really nice. I can't wait for it to come out. They said no release date, but further info this spring. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I just want, I just want the game. Uh-huh. Next, <laughs> Ratchet and Clank is free on PS4 for the month of March. Part of PlayStation's Play at Home initiative. You do not need PlayStation Plus. You can literally go to the PlayStation Store and download it. It is a remake or a reimagining. No, no, no. It's like a reboot it's of a, the first game. Yeah, yeah. It's With a, a remake. loose tie into the movie. Exactly. And <laughs> it's really good. It's great. Like it is. It is really good. The story is eh, yeah. but the gameplay is like top fucking notch. Who comes to Ratchet and Clank for the story, honestly? Exactly. It's if you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really dope. So go check that out. Free Definitely. is Definitely. the best. And yeah. uh we got a new Aliens game trailer, Aliens mm. Fire Team. And it looks like it's Aliens Horde mode, the game. Mm. Yeah, it gave me a lot of Gears of War vibes when I was watching it. You're basically playing as Colonial Marines against a bunch of aliens. It looks team-based. It's not made by Gearbox. Randy Pitchford is nowhere near it, so that's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks really good. It looks clean. Graphically, yeah. Yeah, It does. Wow, okay, I might check this out. So if you're an Aliens fan, keep an eye on Aliens Firestorm. That might be the next big thing for you for sure. Oh, Aliens Fire Team. Fire Team, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I said Firestorm, didn't I? Yeah. 
I'm Although that a, would be a cool name too. I'm such an, I'm such an old man. <laughs> Aliens right? fire fire too. You're one of those anime YouTubers that fucking pronounce all the names wrong. <laughs> and it's like, how are you an anime YouTuber and you don't know Naruto's name and you say I, Naruto? I know, I know you do that too, but you don't. You're not into it like that. So that yeah, no, I, that's intentional disrespect on my part. Right. <laughs> I do that a lot on my stream. I'll be like, "Ooh, I got a new persona." <laughs> a persona. Ooh, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't. Can't wait to link up with my Fatome thieves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I do but, that uh, so much though, and I don't have a, enough of a following to know if people get that or not. But somebody might watch and occasionally go, well, "Look at this idiot." <laughs> right. But I, yeah, a similar yeah. a similar thing happened to me. Uh, someone posted like a real Hotep post, and I said exactly that is exactly right. No, I said mm-hmm. true words have never been spoken. And mm-hmm. then she says this was a joke, and I said so was my comment. <laughs> Like, I don't comment enough on that group for them to know that I'm fucking yeah. joking and not an idiot. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. You just got to get more popular, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing that we saw this week was the Pirate and Mithra Smash Brothers demonstration. Lord yeah. Sakurai saw fit to grace us with a 40 minute demonstration of these characters. And I want to know what you think. Well, I think he's, I think he's lonely. I think he's having a hard time with COVID. And uh, yeah. he's he's sad, and mm, but he's he's baby. gonna he's gonna go it alone, you know. Mm. I'm seriously those openings where he, especially when he's at his home and he's talking about the state of like emergency and he's like, so I'm here by myself, but I'm gonna do it even if I have to do it <laughs> right. alone. I'm like Sakurai, right. you just want to give him a hug, you know. I love that man. But anyways, no, he right. showed off the gameplay, and the DLC actually dropped later that day. No amiibo news, but he showed off the me costumes, and we got some Monster Hunter costumes, like a Rathalos armor, and there's another one mm-hmm. I don't recognize, but looks pretty cool. So I always like new me costumes that look like they could apply to multiple things because people get really creative in the creative character. I always yeah. look like, ooh, could this apply to Dungeons and Dragons characters or maybe Berserk character, you know, like anime stuff like that. So right. that's always happy, and. There was also, which I thought was really cool, Ghosts and Goblins armor, like Arthur's armor from that game. Uh And a little tidbit he did not talk about on the presentation. If you have any save data from Persona 5 Strikers on your Switch, when you play Smash Brothers, you will get a Sophia Spirit. Really? Yeah. And it'll release to everybody else. Yeah, it'll release to everybody else at a later date, but I got it early and that's cool same thing with ghost and goblins resurrection if you have data on your file you'll get an arthur spirit that's really cool i don't get i don't have the arthur spirit that'll come at a later date but unlike the spirits that they make a limited time like the recent bravely default two spirits it doesn't show as missing in my collection so it bothers me a little less Mm -hmm. like it just doesn't exist on my game but you know if i were to get saved data from resurrection then i would get that spirit too speaking of spirits so I went, I always go through and I play the spirit battles and I do like the arcade mode or whatever to go through and Pirate Mithra is pretty cool. It's just like duality. So you play against Link and Dark Link, Samus and Dark Samus, Kirby and Meta Knight. I think they called it shared destinies, Uh you know, so that was a lot of fun. My strategy is similar to Sakurai's. He talked about it. Mithra is faster like she can get her attacks out quicker and Pyra is more powerful. So I like to start with Mithra and kind of chip them down. And then I'm ready to land the KO. I bring out Pyra mm-hmm. and that seems to work out pretty well. 
I had a lot of trouble in the beginning, like shooting off the stage with Mithra though, because she's so fast and some of her moves yeah. will launch her off the stage. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of SDs in the beginning, but I'm digging the characters. They're actually really fun to play. And they're, it feels very versatile. I mean, you literally could just play as one or the other because it feels very much like a Zelda chic situation, like from, yeah. from Melee when they were a single character. They play a little bit more similarly, but you can definitely feel the difference in the spacing, the power of a lot of their moves. And mm-hmm. so it feels very natural and cohesive to switch back and forth between the two of them. And that's kind of the style that I picked up. So. I think they're a great addition to the roster. I, I, if I had to rate those characters, they'd be like a B plus, A minus. I think they're great. Really? Okay. Yeah, they're cool. awesome. Probably one of my one of the DLCs I've took to like you know quicker. As far as all the DLC that's come out, I like them. I like Sephiroth. I like Byleth. Joker. Jo- I like Joker as a character. I didn't really take to Joker as a Smash player. Nah. No, I mean, just Joker's okay. not my style, but I like Joker. No, no, the yeah. ones I took to the most were Sephiroth, Byleth, and now, now Pyra and Mithra. And I think that's it, really, to be honest. The rest okay. of the DLC, no, no, no Minecraft Steve? No, no, that <laughs> Minecraft Steve, I think, would, is a really great character. And I think if you can master him, I think there's a lot of mischief that can be had. But he just, he doesn't gel with my play style. So. He doesn't personify Smash. I'm not like, ooh, let me pick Minecraft Steve. I wouldn't say that. I think he's a great character. And I, I think that obviously there's a lot of people that really love Minecraft. And I think there's a lot of really great, like his kit is very versatile. And I think under somebody who is skilled and practiced with Steve, he can kick a lot of ass. It's just, I mean, my main is Simon. So I'm more of a tech spaced mm-hmm. fighter. I like to control my space throw a lot of shit at you from different angles to confuse you and then move in to, to get my kill. And yeah. with Steve, it, you're, you're not moving as quick and a lot of the moves really kind of rocket you this way and that. So you have to have better command of the stage and I'm terrible off the stage, which is probably why I'll never be a great smash player. Cause I think the greatest smash players are the most dangerous off stage. And Simon's right. bad off stage, and I'm bad off stage. So we just we we stay in the middle. <laughs> we do not go <laughs> off stage, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's 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 been really great, and I'm looking forward to things opening back up and having more Smash parties. Man, it's gonna be good times. Yeah, and I'll finally get to play with all those DLC characters because I've played as none of them. Oh, they're great, buddy. They're great. Yeah. All right. Well, there were some Switch Pro rumors that came out, if you recall, um, yeah, this week. So. Reported in Bloomberg and other outlets, uh, Samsung is kicking up production of 7-inch OLED displays, possibly as early as this June, and we could see a Switch Pro this year, too. Like, the the rumor mill is going, and a lot of different sources are reporting on the same thing. The data is coalescing. I'm thinking we're going to see a Switch Pro this year, and I'm I'm going to be first in line, man. I'd be really excited to get a Switch Pro. Yeah, so, man. It, uh, 4K? be great. 4K OLED. Mm-hmm. Oof, it's going to be nasty. Yeah, there's a rumor that there may be games that you can only play on the Switch Pro, which I guess kind of makes sense if the power is kicked up that much. But what do you think about that? Well, considering that the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X didn't have exclusive games for those platforms, Mm. I don't really like it. I mean, from a standard consumer perspective, you'll have to buy a whole nother console to play this new game. And it's essentially a sequel to the switch and not just a revision. If there are exclusive games for it, mm-hmm. they did that a little bit with the new 3ds, 3DS with yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles. I think that's the only game that 
require the use of the extra thumbstick that they added. You might be right. Yeah, so... I don't know, man. Like I said, for consumers, it's not good. For Nintendo and developers, it is good, obviously. You're going to get more sales. Somebody that just bought a Switch is going to be like, fuck, now I got to buy a Switch Pro, and they're going to buy it to play those games. No, the Nintendo's got a lot of consumers by the short and curlies, so, uh, I mean, they have a reputation for quality and we bitch a lot and go oh $60 for Skyward Sword HD but I guarantee you the pre-orders on that game are probably through the roof oh yeah so. and those Joy-Cons are already sold out oh my god they are wow out. yeah yep yep yeah I'm not gonna spend that much money on Joy-Cons I'm too afraid to play with because they'll break all right I'm really seriously considering getting into Joy-Con modification though to be honest because I'm hearing yeah. a lot of buzz about it and a lot of people are getting into it and it seems to, it seems to be really easy or a lot easier than you think it would be Mm-hmm. So, who knows? I can replace my uh, terrible planned obsolescence joysticks that, like, die really early and, and with some maybe more durable ones. So, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, only other thing on the docket I can think of was Hogwarts. Hogwarts yeah. Legacy, is that what it's called? Yep. So, the I've been seeing a lot of articles posted up in gamer groups about hogwarts i mean obviously the main controversy if you want to just start from the very beginning is it's tied to harry potter and harry potter's creator jk rowling she is a massive turf (laughs) and if you don't know what turf means it is trans exclusionary radical feminist it's basically there's a there's an acronym for that (laughs) yeah that's what turf means trans exclusionary it's basically women who hate trans people (laughs) now right to not simplify it like to explain her side a bit not that i take her side on this at all she tries to frame it as an intellectual argument like i'm just fighting for for gender and her main argument though is trying to make her sound like she's just concerned and is wanting to talk about like gender but really she just invalidates and spreads a lot of like bullshit about trans people like you know the whole like you could just say you're a woman and go in the bathroom and a bunch of bullshit like that and it's really toxic and it lends to a lot of dehumanization of trans people which then again lends lends to a lot of violence she recently released a book about a guy that dresses as a woman and kills other people. It's just like, what are you doing? Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's already that. And then it, it came out recently. And I know that you had talked about this earlier today that the the lead designer for the game is a total right wing gamer gate, homophobe, transphobic, racist, terrible person. Yeah. And, and misogynist. And ooh, um, racism. Ooh. Oh, yeah, brother. And so there's there's all that going around. And then they talked about how there's the developers added in a mode where you can make a trans character. But I looked into that and really it's just you can pick if you have a masculine or a feminine voice. And then you can pick if you're going to be like a, a, a wizard or a witch or whatever, like it, like which mm-hmm. house you get sorted into. They don't talk about pronouns. They don't go into like other things that would actually be important to trans characters. So it really kind of just seems like they're slapping a coat of paint on air to go, hey, we're trying to separate ourselves from the creator, the the turf that created this series. Look what we're doing. Right. And it's just, ugh, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know me, I, I'm I'm pro trans rights. I really wasn't eyeballing the game to get it anyways. And I, I don't think boycotts work, or, you know, but obviously I don't buy Ubisoft games because it's a personal choice. I don't want to support certain behavior monetarily. So if you decide you don't want to buy Hogwarts because of all this, I get it. If you decide you're going to buy it, despite all this, I get it. I'm not going to judge you on it. 
But you had some news in regards to the latest on that game that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the lead designer's name is Troy Levitt, but I pronounce it Levitt because he left the company. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, he tweeted out a couple of things. He said, uh, one, I have made the decision to part ways with Avalanche Software. I have nothing but good things to say about the game, the dev team, and WB Games. Mm. Two, I will be releasing a YouTube video about this soon on my channel. And to clarify, I felt absolutely secure in my position. However, I still wanted to resign for reasons that I will explain in that forthcoming video. Mm. I'm in excellent spirits and very pleased with my relationship with WB and Avalanche. Smiley face, thumbs up. Sounds like a lot of cover up. Yeah, you think he may have been forced out. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Because it's like you can't, they're like, you can't talk about that shit, man. We got games coming out. We need people to buy our shit. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) WB knew about that shit when they joined up with him. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say, try to say like, oh, they didn't know. Like you, you do background checks. You look into people that you hire. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were Mm -hmm. cool with it at one point. Yeah. But it got brought to the light. So yeah, they're like, uh, all right, not a good look. So exactly. (sighs) I'm not going to cry tears for him. I think there's going to be, it's going to spark up a lot of controversy and debate that I'm, I'm just exhausted at this point to even get into. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with discussing it with somebody in good faith. I think there's a lot of bad faith actors out there. They're just like, oh, SJW, censorship, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm going to try to explain it in the simplest terms I can as far as my take on these types of issues. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of people in this world who are being dehumanized through, you know, coding and cultural signifiers and discussions and tolerance and intolerance. And when you dehumanize people, you make them easier to be targeted, to be hurt and and, and, uh, be attacked and be marginalized and be disadvantaged. And what we're seeing in pop culture and in video games and movies and TV and whatever and what have you is a movement to shift the conversation to be more inclusive. That doesn't mean that you get less and it doesn't mean that you can't be who you are but it does mean that you need to respect everyone and no matter where they come from what their life choices are as human like that's the bare minimum man you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. we we all deserve a chance to live the way that we want to live a lot of shit that we've done in the past gets in the way of that for a lot of people in very dangerous and violent ways and that it just has to stop you know and that and that's really the, the point so I get it. There's a the conversation to be had about censorship. There's a conversation to be had about hiring and firing people. I don't necessarily know if I agree or disagree with him being forced out if that was the case because they did hire him in the first place and he did a lot of work right. for them. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. The choices that we make and the, the, the things that we put out there in the universe, you know, that's going to stay out there. And I think that we can allow people a chance to grow and change. There are a lot of comedians that I love that have said some really ill shit in the past, but they've grown mm-hmm. as people. And there are others that, that haven't, you know? Right. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's a case-by-case type thing, you know? We were recently talking about Gina Carano and James Gunn and how one was saying a lot of divisive ill shit that is dangerous propaganda and hasn't apologized. And the other one, you know, said some really hurtful and mean and gross things and has apologized and, and you know, growth and that this and that and the other and, and how those two things are different 
So right. I would say the same here. So who knows? Maybe he'll go and apologize and go, hey, I regret those things I did and take those videos down. Maybe he won't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is what I it will is. Tell. We'll yeah. see. So now that we're past gaming news, there's uh, one thing I've been wondering about this week, and I, I just gotta I just got to know, Derek. What you feeling? I am feeling a YouTube channel by the name of Mr. Sunday Movies. It's two uh, Australian guys that just sit around and talk about movies, and they're really funny, make hella jokes, and they recently just did a season finale video on WandaVision, and it had me cracking up laughing, and they have a series called Caravan of Garbage where they review movies that are universally panned as garbage and just kind of poke fun at them. So Mr. Sunday Movies, really dope. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier that you watched them as well. I've been watching them for 10 years, actually. Okay. Well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I've been watching the channel for a really long time. They're they're mainly comic book focused. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of stuff. They do podcasts and other types of shows. They're, they are funny guys. Like you said, they have really well edited videos. I like watching kind of their theories on things. So, yeah, if you're into that type of thing, you just can't get enough of pop culture, comic books in particular. They they sometimes even do games like the Caravan of Garbage. I think even covers bad video games sometimes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, they're great. They're really funny guys, and they they notice a lot of stuff that I completely miss. So I think they'd be worth checking out too. Yeah, it's a great nice. thing. Well, what are you feeling? Ooh, what am I feeling? So every once in a while, inspiration strikes, and you just come up with what it ends up being the perfect gift. Mm -hmm. So. I'm feeling something that I got this week, mainly for my wife, and I'm kind of digging it, too, and I wanted to talk about it because I think it's a revelation. Can we talk I about that on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is an explicit show. All right. Go for it. No, it's nothing like that. My wife likes to uh, listen to meditation, relaxation, different types of stuff, especially when she goes to bed at night. Mm -hmm. and I know she's really kicked that up lately, and she has like a pair of headphones. She's... I know that your wife, like, I know Victoria has issues with this, too. She doesn't like using inner ear headphones as much. So she has, mm -hmm. like, you know, the big bulky over-the-ear headphones. But that's kind of right. tough. You know, you got the wire and everything, and you're trying to sleep. And she's got her yeah. bonnet on. She got her hair wrapped up for the night. You know, you know how that goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of on the internet browsing one day, and I saw this advertisement for these sleep bands. And they're basically, like, Bluetooth wireless headphones that are in a headband that also goes over your eyes to help you sleep better. It's so like the oh, eye mask okay. or whatever that you can sleep with. And yeah. I decided on a humbug to get a couple because they're cheaper if you get two. So I tried them out and I got them for her and she fell completely in love with them. She's like, oh, about to be real clean. My head about to be real tight. And she said that when she puts them over her eyes and like puts them on or whatever, she goes into such a deep sleep that she, mm. and she gets really good sleep and she's not woke up by the sun. She just wakes up whenever she naturally wakes up. And, right. uh, it's been like a boon for her. She's been really pleased with them. And I put them nice. on. I, I enjoy like, you know, you can, I toss and turn a lot. And even with in-ear in -ear headphones, when you lay on your side, it kind of pushes into your ear and feels uncomfortable. But with these, it's just a band that goes over your head. And it's nice and cushiony. She said, I look like somebody's auntie when I'm wearing it, which is nice. So <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to watch my programs. Right. So <laughs> in my stories. Yeah, I don't exactly remember the brand, but honestly, I think if you Google it, you'll probably find it. I mean, it's not like it's the a mind-blowing, innovative technology that only one company could come up with. So, you find yourself a pair of, like, a headband with some earphones in them, they work mm -hmm. really well. And, you know, check All the right. reviews, of course, for your particular headband. 
of choice. <laughs> but it's an it's a thing that I think she never knew she needed, but now can't live without. And I feel really good that I just had the foresight to be like, you know what? This is the thing. Oh. That's what I'm feeling this week. That's awesome. <sighs> Speaking of feelings, I'm feeling like these power levels are rising inside of me. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm growing to uh, power level nine thousand. It's time for the Derek X Mike Anime Challenge. Challenge accepted. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Berserk and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episodes 55 and 56 with Berserk episode 19. Derek, I just got just one question for you. Episode 19, was it hype? It was hype. I'm telling you, man. Every episode gets better and better. It starts off where uh, Costco is trying to keep Guts from leaving. And oh, then, goodness. yeah. Judo, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember exactly. Oh, oh my goodness. Judo and Corcus actually end up taking him for a walk, take him to a little bar. Mm. And they're talking about, Corcus is talking about how we've finally risen above our station. And, you know, we've made something of ourselves. And you just can't leave the battlefield behind you have to do all this shit and guts says i'd rather fight for my life than live it he's like you're right i'd rather fight for my life than live it which i was like god damn it's interesting corcus actually had him figured out corcus is such a basic bitch but right yeah he has that moment where he was he he just like has guts number he's like man fuck Mm -hmm. you all you want to do is fight to survive you don't care about like achieving anything like we're kush we made it right we made it that's we've arrived we got bitches (laughs) (laughs) bitches <laughs> <laughs> this is all he's concerned with yeah exactly that's literally all he cares about <laughs> but uh he he walks off in a huff yeah because he's like this is bullshit i can't listen to this shit anymore if you say yeah. another word i'll kill myself <laughs> <laughs> i was like damn they were guys. saying that back then <laughs> yeah yeah then judo gives us a little backstory on corcus how he used to be the leader of a, a band of mercenaries himself mm-hmm. or a band of thieves one or the other he had his own dreams and they kind of just kind of fell by the wayside when he started working for griffith yeah and judo is just like why do you really want to leave and he just says all the stuff about how he wants to stand as griffith's equal and not just kind of be his underling so yeah hearkening back to when he kind of stepped in on that conversation between griffith and charlotte and i i pointed out that that was a very important conversation because griffith talks about that a man that would be truly called his friend wouldn't rely on griffith's dream but would have his own dream and a man that would stand as his equal would pursue his own dream above anything else guts realized he didn't really have a dream or direction but he cares about griffith he's grown to like really love him and i think that he realized he was like i gotta i gotta figure myself out here like what am i doing you know i am just an animal trying to survive it's the first time i think that his worldview or anything beyond finding was ever challenged you know right yeah and so uh judo and him are talking and judo's like hey what do you think of casca and he's like uh what (laughs) (laughs) she's a fine woman and she's very impressive and she's dope and i mean i guess she's cool whatever yeah but she's already given her heart to griffith and he's like "Eh, i don't think that uh they're ever gonna be a thing the only woman that can take griffith where he wants to go is charlotte so Mm. you know if you like casca he's like i'm the only one who had some faith in you guys i guess and he kind of walks off and then Guts is making his way out of the kingdom. And of course, Casca ran and got Griffith and everybody else. And they're like, why are you leaving? Oh! <laughs> yeah. And Griffith just draws his sword. And he's yeah. like, gives him those Griffith eyes like he's looking at an enemy. 
He's like, I told I you. Like, oh my we god, jump you in, you're we jump mine. You out. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> he said, just like three years ago, I won you. You belong to me, and just like then, you have to win your freedom. And then Griffith does that little introspective thing where he's like, he's gonna swing wide like he always does, and then I'm gonna disarm him. Then I'm gonna go for his neck. Mm. What ends up happening is Guts swings his sword and breaks <laughs> Griffiths completely in half, which is like a stark contrast to what happened the first time they fought. Mm-hmm. So. That's just showing me that, well, one, Guts is equal, if not more powerful than Griffith. And Griffith is just, like, so distraught by this. His eyes are those big, wide eyes of despair. And he's just like, this is bullshit. I can't believe this happened. Yeah. And Guts just picks up his sack and leaves. Mm -hmm. Next scene we get is Princess Charlotte in her bedchambers. And we hear a knock on the window. Of course, it's Griffith. Mm-hmm. The rain is pouring down. He jumps in the window and he's like, if people see us like this, then there could be some rumors about Milady's personality and uh, the way she gets down in the boogie, baby. <laughs> yep, that's a direct quote. Yeah, direct quote. <laughs> and he's like, look at me. I've gotten my lady's bedchambers all wet. And I'm like, oh, you better to get some other shit wet in a second. I already know. Yeah. And... <laughs> Then she starts uh, talking about, why didn't you come to see me sooner? I thought you'd come back. I thought you'd be dead by now and blah, blah, blah. And we all know why, because one, he doesn't really care about her. And two, he just lost guts. So he's looking for a way to fill that in. It's like when you break up with a longtime boyfriend or girlfriend, and then Mm -hmm. you're just like, who's somebody that I can just make me forget about them? And so Griffith went to see Charlotte. And then he starts to kiss her. He grabs her real hard. He starts kissing her. She's like, no, Griffith, what are you doing? And then he kisses her again. And then she starts blushing. And she's, you know, she's liking it. But consent hasn't been given yet. So I'm just, I'm watching it. And I'm like, come on, we got to get that consent, Griffith. Come on. And then he like throws her on the bed. And he's like, are you scared? And she's like, well, no, but Griffith, no. And then he starts kissing her neck. And then she's like, okay. So we we got we got our consent, which I was happy to see. Yeah, I mean, then, he kind of basically high school pressures her into it. Like she's 16. yeah, I don't I don't is know. she sixteen? She's young. Because I was one I was wondering the whole time. I was like, how old is she? I mean, Griffith so, okay. isn't that old himself, to be honest. Like I would place him right. probably like early twenties 20, at best. Yeah. Uh, Probably twenty three. And say. again, it's it's olden times. Like I'm, you know, when yeah. a woman's twenty six, she's basically an old maid to them. So I get it. But right. it's <sighs> very fishy the way it went down. To I was say, the say least. I don't, I don't know if she's exactly emotionally intelligent enough to make that decision under that kind of pressure. So yeah, and so what ends up happening is they do end up sleeping together, mm-hmm. which obviously, mm-hmm. and one of her bedchamber maids actually hears her moaning from outside the door, and she's like, mm-hmm. oh. And then she looks through the keyhole, which is big enough to see through, apparently, and she sees Griffith on top of Charlotte, and they're doing it, and doing it, and doing it. (laughs) And then she just runs off. She's like, oh my god, (laughs) I can't believe I just saw that. And so Griffith wakes up in the morning, he's sitting on the edge of the bed, just like one does, after Mm. having some sex. Mm. And and he's crying. Like, he's got tears rolling down his eyes, and I'm like, oh man. He is really like missing guts. Like, and it's, I tried to explain this to Vicky. She's like, why was he crying? Is he like, does he love guts? And I'm, and I'm like, it's deeper than that. And she's like, it's deeper than love. And I'm like, I don't know how to really explain it. It's like he, and then she kind of helped me. He held power over guts. Like he held over no person before. And he also felt a camaraderie with him. Like he has no other person. So to lose him, 
that's just like one of the most significant events in his life. And feel free to expound on it for me. Yeah, well, I mean, just to shoot back to the duel, I mean, we we know Guts' frame of mind. Even Guts, like, he can see how devastated Griffith is, but he's like, Griffith is strong, he'll bounce back from this. I'm doing this for our friendship. I'm going off to pursue... Yeah, Guts going Guts, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm going going off to pursue our, my dream, so that way I can come back as your equal, and we can deepen our friendship, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. where Guts' head is at. Griffith almost views that as a betrayal because Griffith, even though he didn't start out this way, he has come to love Guts. And I think that he wants Guts in his life. He wants to like share the success with him, you know, just like the rest of the man of the Hawk. And it almost kind of has muddied his dream a bit because Guts has become a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. like again, whether he has romantic feelings or not for guts is never really specified. I don't. I feel Griffith is a, if is a bit androgynous. I've never really seen him show passion for anybody in a sexual way. To be mm-hmm. honest, it's usually just a, a means to an end, like with Charlotte or with that nobleman. Yeah. But um. But obviously, there's there is a there's a strong bond there for sure. And so yeah. it feels like a betrayal. Like guts is throwing that bond away and going, "Hey, I want to leave. I don't want to be." in this relationship anymore and the fact that guts has grown so much and is so measured and calm and he's just like your will to leave me is that great that you Mm -hmm. you can just completely remove all emotion out of it and 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 be this focused no i can't let it happen and the fact that he couldn't stop it from happening so he's dealing with failure he's dealing with his own weakness for the first time he's dealing with not getting his way he's dealing with losing one of the most important people in his life and he basically recklessly accelerates the next phase of his plan by then taking that that uh that emptiness that he feels and like you said going back to an ex almost but in this case just kind of rebound chick almost but it's a very dangerous rebound that he chose because that chamber is solid and you think if you think she ain't gonna tattle (laughs) missed on his ass she snitched so he yeah he jumped out the window jumps over the wall Uh and then he sees an army of soldiers coming towards him and the leader is like Lord Griffith, what are you doing at such an ungodly hour? And of course he knows already. And then he reaches for his sword. He's like, of course, Guts broke my fucking sword. I don't yep. have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, if he would have had a sword, he would have got out of that situation. He would have yes, fucked he all have. of them up. Yes, he <laughs> it would have been Hunter Manslayer all over again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, and I still thought to myself, he could probably disarm one of these guys. But anyway. He, he gets captured he tells pretty quickly. The, they have yeah. blades to his neck. Yeah. You're like, seize him. And that's when it ends. So now Griffith is probably going to become prisoner and the king is going to be shitty with him mm-hmm. for taking his daughter's innocence. Yep. And that is where we leave off. Yeah, it is not looking great for Griffith. So. Nope. Woo. This is his first L he's taken. Yeah. No, Since it's the his, series started. It's his, <laughs> it's his first L and we'll see how, how that turns it's out. It. In this so harsh. hold this L, Griffith. <laughs> In this world, <laughs> we'll figure. We'll right. see how that turns out. So. By some transcendental entity, <laughs> <laughs> or is it like the hand of God hovering God. above? Right. At least it is true that man has no control, even over his own will. <laughs> These are their stories. Yeah. Oh man. Boom. This uh, this series, one of the reasons why it's my favorite anime. It just it trips with philosophy and introspection surrounding mm-hmm. relationships and fate 
and trauma and dealing with it and growing from it and uh, just speaks to me on a personal level i don't agree with every direction that the series takes but that there's such i mean we're going to talk about it once we wrap on this series pretty soon but man oh man it is Mm -hmm. just it's a ride let me tell you yeah all right we're getting into it speaking of getting into it let's get over here to full metal alchemist brotherhood I watched two episodes this week, so I'll rattle them off. We got uh, episode 55, The Adult's Way of Life. So the Armstrong siblings still having trouble fighting off Sloth and the Mannequin soldiers. Having a rough Mm -hmm. time. It's looking like it might be it for them. Sloth is Sonic the Hedgehog and all over the place. (laughs) And... uh, but then Azumi and Sig arrive, you know, Azumi being Ed and Alphonse's alchemy teacher. She's awesome. Sig shows up with his big, strong manness, and him and Armstrong oh, yeah. have a moment where they're kind of gleaming at each other, comparing chests. And mm-hmm. they both just, like, tag team on Sloth and kick his ass. It was great. Azumi's using her really strong alchemy to, to make an entrance. Through their combined efforts, they manage to inflict enough damage on Sloth before he finally dies. And he's like, I'm dying? What a pain. (laughs) (laughs) So Sloth is no more. They turn their attention to the mannequin soldiers at that point. And you shoot over to Father and Hohenheim, who, you know, at the end of the previous episode had squared off. Father attacks Hohenheim. It's funny because Hohenheim is almost like not not taking it seriously, but Father's coming after him pretty viciously. And Hohenheim yeah. keeps dodging or kind of getting out of it. Like, hey, dude, you you almost killed me there. Chill. Relax. Right. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably the point. We're friends. <laughs> and Hohenheim kind of asserts to Father that maybe he, while they're fighting, that he created the homunculi as a substitute family and that maybe Father needs you know relationships and people more than kind of he lets on mm-hmm. and father gets to drop on hohenheim and kind of shoots his hand into his back to remove hohenheim's philosopher's stone but he is stopped and then he's kind of infected it's like something kind of shoots up into his hand and he backs mm-hmm. off and then they uh they shoot to briggs fortress soldiers declaring the majority of the central command headquarters is captured and celebrating and as they're celebrating in the distance, who do we see approaching Central? None other than Bradley, still alive. Oh, shit. Heading up with his sword in hand, promising to reclaim it. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> and then we shoot to episode 56, The Return of the Fuhrer. And what a return oh, it was. Oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> the very <laughs> beginning of the episode actually does show a, a flashback for Hohenheim when he escapes into the desert right after the destruction of Xerxes when he and father are kind of created, so to speak, in, the, in their current mm-hmm. form. And yeah. he's rescued by Jing merchants. And you can hear him kind of talking to himself. It's almost like he's speaking to the souls of the dead that were imparted into the Philosopher's Stone inside of his body. Yeah. And in the present, Hohenheim expands on that and he reveals that when father tried to steal his philosopher's stone, he infused some of the souls from within the stone into father's body. And those souls want vengeance. And they're trying to destroy father's body from the inside out because Hohenheim believes that the body that father created is basically his new flask. And if it's destroyed, then he will cease to exist. Right. And he talks about how he learned all 500,000 and some odd souls, like each of their individual names, like over time, throughout the years and years and years, made sure to learn all their stories and actually spoke to them. And I was like, that's impressive. Right. And they're all on the same page. (laughs) And they're all like, we got to take father down. So they start to basically tear father's body apart. And then he busts out of his own skin 
and just is basically a humanoid kind of dark void form of the homunculus. But he's able to exist outside of his container and show his true form. And Hohenheim's like, ah, shit. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) That didn't really go to plan. They shoot to Bradley, who begins his solo attack on headquarters and, like, completely annihilates a tank. It's actually pretty badass. Yeah, it's a badass sequence. Yeah. I gotta admit. And then (laughs) he goes up against uh, Central Soldiers and Buccaneer and just... Destroys. Destroys Buccaneer's automail arm, stabs him multiple times. Buccaneer, for his part, keeps coming, though. He's just like, I'm gonna do what I can. You know what I mean? You ain't about to take me out that easily. As Bradley reaches the battlements above the front gate and trying to get into Central proper, he's challenged by greed. And I was so happy to hear his voice because it looked like all was lost. Buccaneer was pretty much dead. Greed shows up. Greed starts to fight him and, and tries to use the advantage of getting to Bradley's blind side. So Bradley removes his eye patch and uses his uh, homunculus eye counterattacks. Buccaneer fights and allows himself to be stabbed in order to actually remove Bradley's sword, uh, which disadvantages him a bit. But Bradley brandishes daggers and he's back in it. Central Mm -hmm. soldiers are reinforced by the 3rd Guards Battalion under Gamlin. And Fallman and the remaining Briggs Fortress fight pretty much defensively at that point. And there's a lot of confusion about who's on whose side because they basically proclaim to be on Bradley's side to get everybody on the side of the insurgents. But now Bradley's back. Very confusing. Mm -hmm. And then Fu arrives, badass as ever, just shoots up, bow, because he he was following Greed's Chi and Ling and launches his own attack on Bradley. And it's basically Bradley versus Fu versus Greed. And that's where the episode ends. So. Oh, fuck. Okay. It's, uh. It's going down for real. <laughs> this is one of my favorite fights in the oh, series. Oh, coming like, up? It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just everything from Bradley showing up to the episode that you're about to watch is like one of my favorite fights, period. It was Because Bradley, packed. yeah, he's like fucking, he's cutting the tread off of a tank. He's cutting yeah. a tank shell in half. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. And it's like, this. what is the sword made out of? Or is his <laughs> ultimate eye just so good that he can pinpoint exactly where he needs to hit something in order to dismantle to deflect it. or slice it or yeah 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 it's i think nuts. that i think that's it i think he's just he's surgical right now you know yeah it's interesting because when he was fighting buccaneer all the soldiers were standing by and i'm like shoot him shoot him and then they do and right. i was like don't shoot him don't shoot him <laughs> right. anybody that fires a gun at him dies like he comes right. at them viciously i was like oh stop shooting what are you doing right <laughs> The Briggs guys get called away to fight the Central soldiers that are coming back to support Bradley. So I'm like, good, because yeah. you can't handle Bradley right now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love when Fu shows up and he's like running up that escalator and they're Those trying don't. to shoot him. Yeah, they're they trying can't. to shoot him because they don't know what the fuck he is. And this is yeah. a Briggs shoulder soldier he's trying a blur. to shoot him. And then he just jumps out and he's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> And when you see Bradley, you know it's what's so on. He's like, this is the guy that cut off my daughter's arm. Yeah. I was like, bro. Oh, God. It's so dope. Well, now that we've wrapped up the Derek X Mike anime challenge, I believe that is our show. I had alluded to the fact that we'd have a guest this week. We had some scheduling conflicts. So it's the first time I called an audible and it didn't go through. So that that's why I usually don't say when guests are going to show up because you never know what's going right. to happen. But hopefully exactly. we'll, we'll see our guests next week or sometime in the future. And Again, for those who decide to come out and listen to us this week, we appreciate you. And those who are maybe interested in getting some of those complete inbox Game Boy Advance games or any other gamer goodies and possibly more, where, where would they go to find you at, Derek? Oh, they will go to ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. 
On Instagram, I post my pickups at Gamer Goodies More, and on Twitter, I do the same at Goodies underscore More. I've been very uh, kind of lackadaisical about that. Like, I posted something last night, and I hadn't posted anything for like a week or two. Mm. Sorry, I'm going to get back on it. I swear. It's just I got a lot going on with the business and everything and WandaVision. Mm. <laughs> no, not <laughs> WandaVision, but uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I'm going to try and get back on that so you guys can see all the cool, sweet things I'm getting, baby. Great. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to follow us on the show, we're post up a few places. So we have a Facebook. It's at facebook.com slash player two is enter the pod. We also have YouTube channel player two is enter the podcast. Follow, like, subscribe, get notifications for either. Of course, we upload every single Sunday to our main hub, anchor.fm slash player two is enter the pod. And we're available wherever podcasts are usually hosted. So you can listen to us on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Apple Podcast and Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, want to reach out, you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com or comment on the aforementioned social media sites. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at MikePetersonAL. I do live gaming at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. So join me on Mondays for Brawlers, Tuesdays and Thursdays for Mainstream Game. Right now it's Persona 5 Strikers. Fridays for Horror Games. You can check the channel for the schedule. And all of my past streams are archived and uploaded to YouTube at MC Paperstacks Plays. That, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Peace.